I just want to thank God because God is a faithful God. He's a good God. He's, no, there's, there's nothing we can compare our God with. He's always so good. He's always so wonderful to us. And I want to bless you this morning, all our mothers, wherever you are. Not just mothers, because some might say, oh, it's just Mother's Day. So it's not, it's, they're not talking to us men. No, no, no. What God says to one, he says to all. So sit down and watch. Sit down and listen. Don't say, oh, don't switch off. No, don't tune out. It's also about you. Young ones also, you can learn from now. Don't say, oh, they're talking about mommy and they're talking. No, 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 no. Even you, the little one, no matter your age, you can learn even what is learned from, from now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, I, I just want to bring forth a word to encourage, to share with you. You know, as like I said, it's not just for mothers because what God says to one, he says to everyone. So you, you are about to leave, just sit down. Huh? Daddy, sit down. Listen. It's not just about for mommy. It's for also for daddy. Sit down and listen. Amen. Open your heart to receive. Our brothers, sit down, listen to. Open your heart. Receive from the Lord because the word of God is eternal. The word of God speaks to everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. Like I said earlier, I, want to, I just want to encourage us this morning with uh, a few words with a few thoughts, you know, that will help us, that will come again to encourage or re-energize re us with strength. Amen. Mothers have a tendency, you know, to, uh, or the ability to be anxious about so many things. They're always so anxious. They're always, you know, um, worried about this, worried about that. I have just three thoughts for you this morning. And the first one is that God does not change. I repeat, God does not what? He does not change. He's unchanging. He's unchanging, doesn't change. He remains the same. The Bible says in, in the book of, let's go, let's go to the book of um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. What does it say? Hebrews 13, verse 8. Hebrews verse 30, chapter 13, verse 8. It reads, and I quote. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says what? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Ever. Meaning he does not change. He is the same. He remains the same. It does not matter what it is you are encountering. It doesn't matter. God has He does not change. He is forever the same. He remains the same yesterday. He remains the same today. He remains the same forever. I want us to look at another scripture. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. What does it say? Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. It reads, and I quote, it says, For I am the Lord, I do not what? Change. Isn't that a wonderful reassurance to us? That he is the Lord, he does not change. He says, therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. He says, I am the Lord. 
I do not change. Why does he not change? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is unchanging. There's everything about God is so great, is so awesome. He does not change. Our lives change. We go through different stages of life. From the time when we are single, we go through, we, go, we get married, children come, businesses begin, we change jobs, we change things. There's always changes. But one thing about God, he remains the same. He's steadfast. He's stable. He's loyal. He's always there. And one thing about God is that God has not changed on his promises towards us. His promises are yea and amen. They are forever settled. His word is settled. He all, he's always there. Many times we go through stuff. It's like, oh, I'm about to give up. I can't go through this. We worry. You know, one thing about worry, like we always say, worry is what? All motion, no movement. Worry is like a rocking chair. You know our, our grandfather's rocking chair. Some still have it now, but when you sit on a rocking chair, you're just going like this. You're going back and forth, back and forth. All movement, but no motion. No motion. You are still in this. After you've rocked and rocked, you are still in the same place. After you've worried and worried and worried, nothing has been done. It's still the same. Amen. But I want to let us know this morning that God is what? He's unchanging. He does not change. He does not change his word towards us. He has not changed his promises towards us. His promises are yea and amen. What happens for us at times we are, we are concerned about our future. We are concerned about what? Our future. But what has God promised us? In Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. What does it say? Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. It reads and I quote. It says, for I know the thoughts or the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Other says to give you an expected end. Isn't that a wonderful promise? It says, I know about you. Why are you worrying? I do not change. My promises are the same. They've been the same from ages, but they'll remain. Long after you are gone, my promise still remains. He said he does not change. He said, I have a hope. I have a future for you. I don't have a bleak future. I have a bright future. I said a future to give you a hope. The Bible says Christ in us, what? Is the hope of glory. We have a hope in him. We have a hope in him because he's unchanging. There are times, even in our homes, it's like, Lord, what do I do? We need his wisdom. How do I raise this child? This child is a bit problematic. Lord, I need your wisdom. You know he has promised us in his word. He doesn't change. In James chapter 1 verse 5, what does he say again? James chapter 1 verse 5. We are looking at the unchanging God, the one who does not change. Amen. The Bible says, if any man, James chapter 1 verse 11. So, sorry, verse 5. James chapter 1 verse 5. It says, if any of you do what? If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach 
and it will be given to him. God is unchanging. He doesn't change. His word has not changed. His word has been tried through fire. His promises are there for us. We lack wisdom. Ask him. His promises are there for us. Because he doesn't, he won't say, oh, well, I wrote that some years ago. It doesn't apply now. No, 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 no. We read earlier, he's the same. He remains the same yesterday. He remains the same today. And he remains the same forever. Our God is an unchanging God. He's reliable. When we need him, we need him for wisdom. We go to his word because that is what he has promised. We rest on that word that, Lord, you said, if I lack wisdom, let me come up to you. At home, mothers, at times, we, we need wisdom in, think, in dealing with our children, in dealing with our spouses, in dealing with people all around us. Even fathers, you also, we are, you also need wisdom. Young men, young women, we need wisdom. Boys and girls, we all need wisdom. But he has said what? If you lack it, if you desire it, what do you do? Ask, and he will give it to you. But if we don't, if we don't rest on his unchanging word, we will, be, we will lack that wisdom. It will be, oh, what, do I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? We begin to knock our head against the wall. What am I going to do? What? No, 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 no. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask me. He does not change. At times we have challenges every day. We have challenges in our day-to-day -day activity, in our day-to-day -day life, in our, in our work. We go to work, there are challenges. We come back home, there are challenges. At home, there are challenges. With the, with the children, there are challenges. What do we do? Oh, we don't throw our, our hands up and say, oh, um, no, 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 it's already, no, no, no. What do we do? We go to the unchanging one. Hallelujah. We go to the one who is forever the same, the one who does not change, who remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 41 is a favorite of mine. Isaiah 41 verse 10. What does it say? Oh, we've had a rough day. We've had challenging times. Oh, we are faced, to, faced with all manners of things. It looks as if it's going to overwhelm us. What do, what do we do? Go back to the unchanging one, the one who, whose promises are yea and amen. He says, Isaiah 41 verse, from verse 10. He says, fear not. Don't be afraid. There are 365 fear nots in the Bible, one for every day. Do not fear. When you wake up in the morning, Take one of the fear nots. Oh, today, I will not fear. You declare your today, even before you leave, you leave your bed. My today, I will not fear. Today, hear the word of the Lord. Fear not. Speak to your day. As a mother, speak to your day. As a daughter, speak to your day. As a son, speak to your day. As a father, speak to your day. That's why I said fathers stay also. It's not just about mothers alone, because God speaks to every one of us. Hallelujah. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Hallelujah. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Amen. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that a wonderful promise and assurance from the Lord? When we are faced with challenges, it's a scripture I love to go back to again and again because it says to me, fear not. It says, for I am with you. So if the Lord says he's with me, why should I fear? What man can do to me? He says, fear not. Why? 
for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Thank you, Father, because you are my God. You are our Father. And we can lean on you. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. That's an assurance for us there. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. When God upholds you, no one can pull you down. Hallelujah. No one can pull you down because he's upholding you. In that situation, he has, he's upholding you. His lift is holding you up so that you do not, the waters do not overwhelm you, so that you do not drown. He's upholding you, keeping your head above the waters. Oh, this, 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 this thing is too hard for me. Remember his promises. I will help you. Yes, I will help you. He says, I will strengthen you. When you are weak, I will strengthen you. When we are weak, why do we run helter skelter and look for and say, oh, there's no one to help me? He is there. He said he will help us. That's his promise to us. That is his word to us. And we lean on it. When we are worried, we go back again to the unchanging one. We go to the one who does not change. And where do, when we are worried, where do we go? We go to Philippians chapter 4 from, um, from verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6. What does it say? That's a very popular scripture to many. It says, be anxious for what? For nothing. Be anxious for what? For nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful scripture to, for us to lean on when we are worried? He says what? Don't be anxious. I talked earlier about worry. It's like a rocking chair. Oh, we worry. We do all the worries. Sometimes, some people have called themselves champion warriors. There's no medal in, champ, in, in worrying. You don't receive a medal even if you're the champion. What it does is it wears down your body. It wears down your body cells. And you age, women, you age quick. It, because it shows all on your face and you're like, Ugh. everybody sees you. It's written all over your face. What is wrong? What is wrong? What is, uh, God is a father. He's the unchanging one. He says, be anxious for what? For not, don't be anxious at all, but in everything. What are the things we are worrying about? He says, in everything, not some of the things. In everything, what do we do? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Sometimes we do the first. And then we, now, what we do is that we do the first and then with complaining. We pray and then we continue to worry. We start with worrying, then we remember, oh, okay, I need to pray about this situation. How am I going to get it done? Lord, help me. And then after we finish praying, we go back, we pick up the worry again, and we are like, oh, help, Lord. We are good. I'm good. I can't do this on my own. Oh, Lord. Oh, how will I do it? How will I? I thought you just prayed. You just cast everything onto the Lord. But now you've picked it up again, and it's like back to square zero. He says, be anxious for nothing. He's the unchanging one. Cast all 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I learn to cast my care unto the Lord. When there are issues, I learn to cast it unto him. I learn to lean on him. If there are issues in, my, in the home, I say, Lord, this is the situation. I bring it to your feet and I leave it there. I don't bring it to his feet and when I get up, I pick it up again. No, he says, cast your cares unto me. Why? Because he cares for us. Hallelujah. Sometimes God seems so far away. Have you had those moments before? When it's like, Lord, where are you? You know he's right there. He hasn't gone anywhere. But there are times it seems like he's, he's, it's like he's gone on vacation. No, God doesn't take, if God took vacation, we'll be in trouble. The whole world will be in big trouble. The Bible tells us he neither slumbers. Not, he does not sleep. He's always alive. He's always at the peak of his, of his throne. He's always at the peak of his majesty. He's forever alive. He does not change. So why do we say, oh God, where are you? He's there. Always there. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. Ephesians 2 verse 13. I'm still on the first one, that God does not change. Ephesians 2 verse 13, what does it say? It reads, and I quote, Ephesians 2 verse uh, 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were far off when we were in our sins, when we have not given our heart. But now that we've given our heart to the Lord, we've been washed by the blood of the Lord. And we are, we are near to him. He says, we are near to him. Why do you say, oh God, where are you? There are times it's, it seems like that, but it's when we are, when we are feeling, when, we're, when the, maybe situations are overwhelming us. Learn to lean on him. Learn to the, go to the one who is the same yesterday, the one who is the same today, the one who is the same forever, because he does not change. He's the unchanging God. Our Father who does not change, who remains the same, who has, whose, whose promises for us does not change. The Bible says his words have been tried in fire. He, his word is forever settled in heaven. He said he has exalted his word above every other name. Hallelujah. Thank God for the, we can, that we can run to the promises that do not change and lean on it and bask in his presence. Praise the Lord. Our God is awesome and he's so good. So whenever you feel like, oh, maybe you want to give up, like mothers, we do sometimes. Maybe it's like, oh, I'm not being appreciated enough. Oh, it's like I'm the slave in this house. I wake up from morning, I walk, 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 walk all to the night, and still there's no appreciation. Oh, it's this, I'm being taken for granted. I've been there. I know. But you know, it's not, it's not true. That is the, your mind telling you that. That is your mind, thoughts feeding you. Oh, they don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate me. I'm, a, I'm the slave in this house. Who told you if you needed a slave, you'll have got hired one. Hallelujah. 
Men, your wives are not your slaves. They are not your slaves. They are partners in destiny, partners in progress. The Bible, God says, I will make a help meet for him. We are to walk together in this path of destiny to fulfill God's purpose for the home, for our lives. So she's not your slave. She's not your housemaid. She's not your house help. She's, she's a here. She's an heir together with you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. When we feel like giving up, remember the scripture in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say some things. Let those words encourage you. Let the unchanging one encourage you with this word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say some things. He says, all things. I can do all things. So let's look, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse, sorry, chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. What does it say? 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. It reads, and I quote, And he said to me, I love this scripture. He said, My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Hallelujah. I'll read it again. He says, and he said to me, my grace, it's written in red, meaning Jesus is the one talking here. My grace is sufficient for you. The Lord is saying to you that his grace is sufficient for you. That his strength is made perfect in their weaknesses. But when we are weak, then are we strong. Learn to lean on his grace. His grace enables us to do the things that we can't do in, in, our, in our strength. Our work with God is by grace. Many times we struggle in our work with God. But now it is by grace. He wants us to lean on him, lean on his grace. As mothers, we're so overwhelmed. He says, lean on my grace. Lean on it to get things done. Don't quit. Don't say, oh, I'm going to give up. No, no, no. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. When we are weak, because it comes to every one of us, whether male, whether female, boys or girls, there are times we are weak. What do we do? We lean on his grace. We lean on him. We ask him to help us. We ask him to strengthen us. Lord, I'm weak at this moment. I need your strength. I need an infusion of the word. Hallelujah. I need a fresh unction upon me. I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to be upon me, Lord. So that I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Praise the name of the Lord. God is unchanging. Learn to lean on his promises. Learn to lean on his word. His word that is, that is unchanging. The word that is forever the same. That is forever settled in heaven. Amen. Learn to lean on his word. Learn to lean on his promises. Because it's the same. The second thing I want, I want to share with us is this. God is big enough to handle everything that concerns you. I repeat. God is big enough to handle anything or everything that concerns you. He's big enough. 
He's a great God. My, the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 3, tells me that. Look at the awesomeness of our God. Psalm 8, verse 3. Psalm 8, verse 3. He says, when I consider your heavens, hallelujah, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained. That's the, the awesomeness of the, our God. He says, when I consider your heavens, when we look to the heavens and see the awesomeness of God in it, he says, the work of your fingers, the sun, the moon, what can you create? You can't create anything if God does not help. Even a child, it is God that helps us to, to, get, to, to be, receive seed and for the seed to grow. He says, when, we con when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the sun, the moon and stars, which you have ordained. Amen. Look at Psalm 146 also. 146 verse 6. Psalm 146 verse 6. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me start from verse 5. It says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. Hallelujah. It says, happy is the person who has the God of Jacob for his help. Whose hope is in the Lord his God. Verse 6. Who made heaven. That is this God, the same God, our Father. He made the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. He made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Who keeps truth forever. God made the heavens and the earth. It's the bigness of our God. There's no situation, there's no problem that is, so, is too big for God. That will overwhelm God. That God will say, oh, I think this, this, this situation is, is too much. I think we need, we need a conference. We need to, the host of heaven needs to meet. No, there's no, know that God is big enough to handle everything that concerns you. And this brings to mind a song that we sing sometimes. It's, a very, it's an old song, but it's still relevant today. It talks about the bigness of God. It says, bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can and cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than every mountain that I can and cannot see. God is bigger than anything you, you can, that will confront you. Just place it beside, place that situation beside the Lord. Which one outweighs? God is, he creates, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. What are those things that are confronting us in the home even right now? Those disappointments, those frustrations. Know that God is big enough to handle everything that concerns you. What is it at work? Is it the children? We must learn to cast all this care upon him because his shoulder is big enough, is wide enough, you know, to, 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 to take, to receive, to, for us to put every, all that burden onto him. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. What does it say? 1 Peter 5, verse 7. 
It says, casting what? All your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. He cares for you. It says, casting all your care upon all, not some, everything. You know what we do many times? We say, Lord, I can handle this area of my life. I'll, this one, you can help me in this one. Who told you? Many, there, there, there are times we, it's like we carry the burden of everybody on our shoulder. We want to, there's, no, there's nothing wrong in helping, but know, let's know our limits. Let's know the, what God has given us to handle. Many times we want to carry the weight of the whole world on our shoulders, and our shoulders is not big enough, it's not strong enough, it's not wide enough, it's not capable enough to carry the bodies of everyone. What do you do? It says, cast all your cares onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. In the home, cast your cares onto him. At work, cast your cares onto him. In your businesses, cast that care onto him. Oh, my, my, my customers or whoever, the clients, they are not paying up. Cast that care onto him. Don't worry. Don't let it worry. Don't let it wear you down. We looked at worrying earlier. Don't let it wear you down. Because you will age quick. Amen. The wrinkles will show faster than you want, to, you want it to show. Amen. Let your, cast the care and have no, no anxiety about anything. God, why? Because God is big enough to handle everything that concerns you. Don't let situations and circumstances weigh you down. Like I said, don't carry the body and, and then we walk like this. And people ask, oh, what's wrong? Oh, what's wrong, sister? What's wrong? So and so, what's wrong? Jane, what's wrong? Mary, what's Oh, oh, there's so much. This problem is just too much. And then we add this one. It's going to kill me. Oh, yes, it will kill you. It will kill you. Learn to cast it to him so it doesn't kill you. Oh, this problem is too much for me. The, the, the one who can bear your burden is asking you to cast it onto him. He's big enough to handle anything that concerns you. He's big enough. To handle anything that what that concerns you, learn to cast all the cares onto Him. Let's look at Matthew eleven verse twenty-eight to thirty. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to thirty. Matthew chapter twenty-eight. Sorry, Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight to thirty. What does it say? It says, "Come to me." He didn't say run away from me. He didn't say, okay, maybe I'll, if I need you, I'll tell you to come. He says, come. What does come mean? Come. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. The weight, the pressure is so much. He says, and what did he say? He says, and I will give you rest. He says, I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He wants us to learn from him. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are carrying the heavy one. He says, come, let's exchange it. And you are saying, no, God, no, 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 I want to hold on to it. I want to hold on to it. 
will crush you. Because we have not been created to handle all the burdens we carry upon, upon ourselves. He says, cast them all onto me so that we can exchange. Take my light. This yoke of my, this, my yoke is easy. By the time we exchange it, it's easy. And then what? My burden is light. You'll feel light. By the time you go before him and cast it down at his feet and say, Lord, I leave this to you. I will no longer worry about it. It's now yours. You know, there are some people who are so bold to go. When, whenever bills come, they just take the bill and say, let me find a sheet of it. They say, Lord, you've got another bill and it's due on so, so, and so. Thank you, Lord. And they put it away and they go to rest. And you know what? Because their trust is in the most high. It's not in, okay, the high. And meanwhile, the, the account is saying zero. Zero balance. But they know that, Lord, you have another bill. And it's due on Sunday. And I thank you because it is paid. And you know what? Because their trust is in the Lord. They are, they've cast that care onto the Lord. They are not looking at the bill, looking at the due date. And then looking at the notification. Uh, you, have, you have an, un, an unpaid bill. And the heart is going boom, 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 boom. They are going to cut my letter. They're, no. They said, Lord, this is your bill. Learn to cast the care onto him. Because he's big enough to handle Everything that concerns you. He created the heavens and the earth. What have you created? Not even a single star. He created everything. He's big enough. The creator of the when you when you when you begin to you know imagine the bigness of God, you look at the you tiny puny thing. I'm like there was a there was a video I watched. Indescribable God. It shows the universe. Show, it showed it to a point that we were like a speck. And I'm like, if the earth is like a speck before God, and we are, among, and the whole earth, see, everybody is on that speck. And the creator of the heavens and the earth is saying, cast all your cares onto me. And you, you, tiny, you, you tiny, 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 of the tiniest of the tiniest of the speck, say, no. But you know, how foolish is that? How silly is that? We give ourselves more problems. We, we, we put all, we carry all the weight of the world on our hand, on our shoulders, and, it's, and it weighs us down. It wears our body out. But he's saying he's big enough to handle anything that concerns us. Hand it over to him. Trust him. Believe in him. And don't let situations and circumstances do what? Wear you down. And the last one I want to leave with you is do not be too busy for the Lord. Don't be too busy for God. Choose to sit where at his feet. Don't be too busy for the Lord. Even as a mother, as a father, both are guilty of this. The fathers of the men are busy. Oh, I must hustle, I must hustle, I must hustle. Thank God for hustling, but God has not called us to hustle. He said, he will supply our needs. Learn to lean on him. He says, don't be too busy for the Lord. Choose to sit at his feet. Why? Because Jesus described sitting at his feet as a necessary choice that will, be, that will not be taken from those who, what, who have chosen it. Jesus described it as, a, as what? As a necessary choice and that will not be taken from those who, what, who choose it. Where do we find that? Luke chapter 10. 
Luke chapter 10. Don't be too busy for the Lord. Luke chapter 10 from verse 38. There's a story about Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 to 42. It reads, and I quote, it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered, that is talking about Jesus. It says, as they went, what happened? A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And as she and her, and she and, sorry, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. She did what? She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, that is, she approached Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And what did Jesus say? And Jesus answered and said to her, he looked at her, Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. He says she has chosen the good part. We will not be taken away from her. Let's go back to verse 39. It says, and she had a sister called Mary, who, was, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Do you sit at his feet to hear his word? Do you spend time to be with him? Even in the busyness of, of our lives and Lives can be busy. Schedules can be busy. A mother is running from wake up, especially if you still have young kids. She's the, she's the taxi driver. She's the chauffeur. She's the, what else? She's the dry cleaner. She's the, she's the cook. She's the, she's the chef. She's everything. She's the teacher. Everything. Always on the go, 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 go. And sometimes our men, our, the men also, Leave home from, from, from sunset, from sundown, from rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. You've left home all day. Oh, I'm looking for that. I've got busy, 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 busy. Do we have time to, to spend before the Lord? Don't be too busy for the Lord. Verse 40. But Mary, sorry, but Martha was what? Distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Was Martha doing what was needful? Yes, it was important to do. Had, had, her concern was legitimate. But what? It was. Because why was it legitimate? Because she, she was trying to be the proper hostess. She was trying to be, and, and I know some, some of our mothers and ladies, they want to be the proper hostess. The, everything must be perfect. Everything, there must be no, 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 no spot. No dust, no, nothing. Everything must be perfect. Thank God for that. But you know, at, sometimes we do it at the expense of our health and the expense of even almost killing ourselves. Take time out. Don't be too busy for the Lord. Look at the word. Look at what happened. This, but Martha was what? Distracted. That word caught my attention, the word distracted. And I went to look it up. Distracted. What does the word distract? 
of the strength. What does it mean? It means unable to concentrate because one is preoccupied by something else. It means what? Unable to concentrate because one is preoccupied by something. It also means to stop giving attention to. You stop giving attention to what needs attention. It also means being nervous, confused because you are worried about something. It means to be diverted. It means to be inattentive or preoccupied. You know, we are, on, we are not able to concentrate. He says, Martha was not able to concentrate on the one thing that was needful, which Mary was doing, spending time sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning, listening to his word. Amen. Listening, listening to the word. Many times we, we are so busy. We are so busy. Yes, there are things to be done. But you know what? If it's going to take your time with the Lord, I don't think it's, it's as this, it's, it should distract you. When everything we do becomes major and God takes the second place, there's a distraction. When we've left what is needful as a mother, as a father, as a child, and we're focusing on the less needful things, it's a distraction. The Bible says there, it says, Martha was what? Distracted. She was distracted by what she wanted to do. She needed to cook, and she, maybe she wanted to cook six, seven, eight different types of sauces or stews or food. Why not do four? And have enough time. Instead of slaving, oh, I must. When I went to Susan and So's house, they, they laid the table. Thank God for laid tables. But do you even know how they got it? Maybe they might have asked maybe some friends or to help. Can you help me make this dish? Can you help this make this, this dish? So that everything, but you saw everything. They are not knowing where you, and say, no, I must outdo this person. And then you go out and almost wreck yourself. Do not be distracted. Spend time. Don't be too busy for the Lord. Choose to sit at his feet. I want us to read this scripture in the the Passion Translation. Let's read it in the Passion Translation. I'll, I'll read it. If you have the Passion Translation of the Bible, I'll use my phone for that. 42. It reads, and I quote, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, in the Passion Translation. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village Excuse me. They came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively. Look at it. She sat down what? Attentively. No distraction. She sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. Do you sit down attentively? Even right now, are you sitting down attentively? Or you are distracted because we're in our homes. Something is on the fire. Um, um, I stand up to go and look at this book. Hey, you're shouting on the child there because we can't see you. You're shouting on the child there. Hey, sit down. Go and, get, go and get me this thing. Go and get me this. Leave the food on the fire. Turn it off. And sit down attentively and do what? And absorb every revelation the Father is sharing with you. Verse 14. But mother became exasperated. 
by finishing the numerous, you see, numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she, so she, what, she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's fair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Who gave you all the work to do? You are in the same house. But Mary had time. She wasn't too busy. Then the Lord answered her, verse 41, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? He says, you are pulled, you are, you are upset, you are troubled, pulled away by what? All these many. The New King James just said was distracted. But TPT says, pulled away by many distractions. Oh, is the water cold? Oh, is it too hot? Is the table laid? Are the cutleries in the right order? Is the napkin in, in place? Is the this? So many, too many distractions. Thank God for that, but sometimes they are not needful. It's good to, to present things in a, in a proper manner, but now, if it's to the expense of taking you away from the presence of the Lord, when you should be in his presence, then I don't think it's needful. It says, to, you're pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Wow. I'll read that verse 41 again. It says, the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? So I'm asking you today, mothers, fathers, some of the things we, we do, are they really that important? You are the judge of that. Verse 42. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. And I won't take this privilege from her. Because it's a privilege to sit at his feet. It's a privilege to come to his presence. Mothers, out of all the busyness, let us, be, let us not be, don't be too busy to come before the Lord. Choose to sit at his feet. Choose to learn from him. I'm, I, my mind you know, portrays a picture Imagine a picture, you know, in the days of old, even now, we have children sitting down with their parents, sitting down with their grandparents, sitting down with the, maybe their uncles and great aunties and things like that. And then the, the older ones are sharing with them lives, how life has treated them, the mistakes they have made, or encouraging them and admonishing them, don't go in this path. Don't go. That is what we learn when we come to the presence of the Father. It, we get instructions, corrections, rebuke. But when we don't see, we don't, know, we don't learn, we don't know that we spend time in his word. Oh, we are too busy. Oh, God will understand. Yes, he will understand, but at the end of the day, we pay the price for it. Because our spirit man will be so weak when we are to rise up we won't be able to do anything. Isaiah says, when the Spirit of the Lord God will, when the, when, um, what's that scripture again? When the, when, the, when the enemy will come like a flood. 
when challenges will come, boom, one after the other, this, this, they are like, what is happening? What is happening? Why, why is everything happening to me at the same time? He says, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against it. But where is that Spirit of God going to come from? It's from the, from the Word or from His presence that is on our inside. If there's nothing on our inside, when the enemy will come like a flood, it will push us down. We will collapse under the weight of that onslaught. But when our, our spirit is filled with the word, we spend time in his presence. Because even as a mother, we need it. We need his wisdom. We need his guidance in our homes, with our, with our spouses, with our husbands, with, with re relatives, with families, with friends. We need his strength. But when there's no strength on our inside, we collapse under the pressure and the burden. So my injunction to us this morning, don't be too busy for the Lord. Know that God is big enough to handle any problem or anything that can come your way. And God is what? He's unchanging. He does not change. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. Learn to trust him. Learn to cast all the cares onto him. And don't be too busy. Don't be too busy for God. What if God is busy, too busy for you? Can you imagine what the whole world, God said, you come to him with your request. And God said, oh, hold on. I'm too, I'm, I, you know, you understand I'm busy. I'm sorting out some issues in Croatia. I'm sorting out some issues in um, Afghanistan. I'm sorting out some issues, issues in New Zealand. So you just wait. Australia, you wait. Wait. When I'm, when I'm less busy, then I'll have time for you. That's not my father. Let's spend time with him. Let's find, let's not be too busy. Choose to sit at his feet. His strength, the strength in his word will, will give us, will release grace, will, will release the, the power, the, the passion that we need to walk, to run this walk. This walk. To walk his word, to live in this life, live a fulfilled life, live a prosperous life, live a victorious life, live a life that he has ordained for us. Not a subjugated, a beaten down, downtrodden. No, no, no. He wants us to live victoriously because he has made us more than conquerors through Christ who, who loved us. We are victors. We are not victims. I want to thank God for all our mothers once again. I thank God for you. Thank God for the sacrifice you make day and night. Every day, every moment, all the time. I want to thank God. And my prayer is that the grace of the Lord will continue to be sufficient for you. And his strength will be made perfect in weakness. In the name of Jesus. I want to thank you so much. Thank you for the work you do in the home. In the, in the neighborhood. In the community, even in the church of the living God, the Lord God Almighty will reward you. You will not lose your reward in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And at this juncture, I would like to invite our pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to give a loud shout to all mothers of the city of refuge. And all mothers watching this live broadcast from all over the world. And I just want to acknowledge that, um, uh, you know, Mother's Day is not being celebrated in all the nations of the world today. Uh, especially in the UK, in Nigeria, 
And in some other nations, they've had their own Mother's Day. But do you know what? I just want to say this, that the God of heaven will continue to celebrate you. Uh, all the efforts, all your labors, everything you've been putting in, helping the children, even helping your husbands, supporting the home. The Bible says a wise woman builds her home. The Lord will give you the wisdom to build your home in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not preaching again, but I just have one thought, and then I will pray with you. My assignment this morning is to release the prophetic word over your life. And I want to take us quickly to Judges chapter number four. Uh, this was a thought put in my heart by the Lord yesterday. I was thinking about Mother's Day, and the Lord said, Deborah. And I couldn't actually remember anybody in church with the name Deborah. And, you know, I remember Deborah in the Bible. And if you are Deborah, maybe your middle name is Deborah or Deborah, or, you have, or you have, your first name is Deborah. Uh, maybe this word is a direct word for you. And even if you are not Deborah, God is saying something to you. Judges chapter 4 from verse number 4 says, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. I want to thank God for the message from my wife. And I want to thank God for this word that God is giving to us. Deborah was such a unique woman. She was the only woman leader in the entire Old Testament. She was the fifth judge and the only woman who combined the role of a prophet or prophetess and a judge. In fact, in the entire Bible. Of course, apart from, you know, the Lord does everything. But Deborah was a prophetess. A prophetess talking about her relationship with the Lord. The wife of Lepidoth talking about her home, her family. And was a judge in Israel at the time talking about her ministry and her function. And I don't think it was actually an accident that this was actually put like this in scriptures. Number one, relationship. Number two, the home. Number three, your function, your role, your ministry. Ministries, functions, professions do not come first. There's a divine order of things. We get into problem when we mix things up. It is not your function, your profession, that should come first as number one priority in your life. It should be when your relationship with God. Deborah was a prophetess. Your relationship with God. Number one. And then number two, your home. Your home. Deborah was a wife. I was able to combine all of that together. The grace of God in her life. And then she was also a judge in Israel at that time. And I want to say this, all women, wherever you are, I want you to stand up. All women, wherever you are, and especially mothers, the Lord is putting it very strongly in my heart that the Lord, either he will use women much more 
in these end times than in any other time of his walking. The Lord is going to use more women. You are going to see more women, you know, not just in public life. You're going to see more women even in the ministry. You're going to see more women leading, you know, departments in the churches. You're going to see more women anointed of God. You're going to see more women standing to declare God's word. You're going to see more women even in the parliament. You're going to see more women even in the offices as CEO. There will be such a change that is coming, especially in the next 10 to 20 years, that it will be as if that wait a minute, what is happening? We have never seen it like that before. When you go for meetings of heads of nations, and instead of seeing just one single woman standing there, you see three, four, five women leading nations. Leading nations. And when you go for meetings of CEOs, and you just not see one single lady out of about 20 CEOs, you now start to see four, five, six, seven CEOs, you know, women, women CEOs, because God is going to use more women in this end time than, as I, than you've ever had before. He said, Deborah, he said, Deborah, Deborah said that to me. She was an outstanding leader. She was the only woman in the entire Old Testament. She was the only woman in the entire Bible with the combined role of a prophetess and a judge. And God is saying, I'm going to multiply that in these last days. In the name of Jesus. Before, you've seen men taking the role. You've seen men taking, you know, they've been at the forefront. But it's not, somebody said, yes, the change of God. It's not necessarily a change of God. It's just that women are taking their place. Because before God, there's neither male nor female. God is a spirit. Before God, there's neither male or female. There's neither slave or free. Oh, all are one before God. And I'm saying to you that you see more women rise up. Let me share with you a vision I had in 1999. In 1999, I was in a room, like a small hall, and somebody was directing the affairs. Jesus Christ. Many of us were seated there, and he was calling people up to take roles, to play roles. And then he now showed me like a huge billboard with little boxes with names there. And in those boxes are the ministries, the talent that is given to each individual. And I saw three people with the highest number of talents in the entire thing that he showed me. And out of the three, two of them were women. Two of them were women. Oh, I cannot wait. Because it's time. And these women were going to rise up. Mothers will rise up. The hands that rock the cradle rules the world. And you are going to see your labors. You're going to see your effort. You're going to see the inputs in your children. You're going to see them. Even coming to pass. I want to pray this. I want to pray if you have a child that is problematic. If you have a child that is problematic. If you have a child that you are concerned about. If you have a child that, oh, the way this boy is going. 
or the way the boy has gone, not even going. I'm talking about the boy has gone or the girl has gone. You know that this is not right. She's departed from the faith. You dedicated the child to God. You took the child to church when the child was young. But now in teenage or early 20s or even much later, they've completely departed from the way of the Lord. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to lay your hands on that screen where you're standing. If you are the one I'm talking to, lay your hands on the screen. Or if you have like a cloth, an handkerchief or something like that, just lay it on that as contact points. And I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for these children. I pray for as many as are putting their hands. I pray, Lord, for these children are giving so much concern to mothers. That in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking, Lord, release your unction. Release the anointing. The Bible says that it shall come to pass in that day when burdens shall be lifted and yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Lord, I release the anointing and the unction of God over those hands that are touching the screens, over those clothes, or whatever it is that's been put there, that in the name of Jesus Christ, as they go and lay their hands on those children, as they go and lay their hands on that boy, as they go and lay their hands on that girl, as they go and lay their clothes up upon that particular person, in the name of Jesus, everything that has held them bound, everything that has become a distraction, cause them to distract from the path of faith, from the way of truth. All those holds are broken in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I want to thank you. I take authority right now over every contrary spirit. And I dismantle them in Jesus' name. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven, of things underneath the earth, and of things on earth. I declare that they are set free. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the one that gives freedom. And the Son of God is setting them free. The Son of God is setting you free in Jesus' name. Amen. And for those of us, not talking only to women right now, but both to women and to men. Because in the world, 2020 has been written off. Companies are writing it off. They say that this year is, a, is just is, is a no-go year. It's a year that is just so terrible. In the name of Jesus, I reverse that concerning your own life. I say your 2020 is not written off. In Jesus' name. Every one of you under the sound of my, lift up your two hands to heaven. Everyone, wherever you are at home. That is why you cannot be watching this live broadcast and be walking up and down. Because you don't know what God will do at any, at any point in time. Lift up your two hands to heaven. And I declare over you right now, because I know with many companies, 
I know in many places, 2020 has been written off. I say everyone raising up their two hands, your own 2020 is restored. It is not written off. It is not written off. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say in Jesus' name, you have significant things to show for 2020. In the name of Jesus, you are going to see the hand of Oh, every one of you standing. Every one of you with your hands held up. The hand of the Lord is going to come upon you right now. And you start to outrun every Ahab to the gates of Jezreel. In Jesus' name. When others are saying they are down, you'll be saying you are lifted up. In the name of Jesus Christ. Businesses receive life. Careers receive life. Receive help. Receive acceleration. In the name of Jesus. Your 2020 is alive. Is not written off. Your 2020 is actually kicking off. Is not written off. I say your 2020 is kicking off. Is not written off. I say your 2020 is kicking off. Is not written off. I say your 2020 is kicking off. Is not written off. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to thank you. I want to give you praise. Because the hand of God is coming upon these ones right now. The hand of God is coming upon these ones. And for those of us who belong to the city of refuge, God is calling us more than ever before to be true worshipers and to the place of prayers. To be true worshipers and to the place of prayers. And he's saying that as you start to worship me with yielded hearts and yielded minds, I would descend from heaven and I will invade every circumstance in your life. And not just in your life, I will invade your cities and I will start to transform situations beyond your expectation. I am seeking for worshipers. I am looking for worshipers. Many in the church are not worshiping me. Many in the church are worshiping other things. They are not worshiping me. Even when their hearts have been yielded, their will is not yielded. Their mind is not yielded. I'm looking for those that will yield their minds and yield their will to me. So that I can manifest myself through them. Oh, did I not say that the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of my sons. And the time has come. And now is for those manifestations to begin. For those manifestations to begin. I want to start to show myself strong on behalf of those.
those whose hearts are yielded to me. That is my word to you as a church today. That is my word to you as a people today. That is my word to you as, a, as families today. That is my word to you as mothers today. That you will see my mighty hand as each and every one of you will start to yield your heart and start to yield your minds. You will see my mighty hand on your situation. You will see my mighty hand in your families. You will see my mighty hand in your circumstances. Oh, you will see it. You will see it. For the time has come, and now is, says the Spirit of the living God. Heavenly Father, we worship you. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise. We just give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, thank you for all mothers, those who are watching in Australia, those who are watching beyond Australia, those who are watching in North America, those who are watching in Africa, those who are watching everywhere. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want you to be ready next Sunday because I'm going to go into engaging in an invisible enemy because God is raising you up to be warriors. God is raising you up to take grounds and you will take grounds that you will never lose in the name of Jesus. Be ready, be excited in the name of Jesus and I will see you next Sunday by the grace of God. The Lord bless you and keep you and watch over you. Once again a loud shout to mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Amen.